Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Light Join of with the me East now is as we also look supported the by of the Eastern East. Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Light of the East is also funded by a grant from the Koch Foundation. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Many times I'm asked, well, are the Eastern Catholic Churches, are, are they Catholic? Are they under the Pope? And my answer is something our Lord said. He said, no greater love has any man than he would lay down his life for his fellow man. And this, in fact, is what the Eastern Catholics did, especially their leaders, such as bishops. And therefore, there should be no question that the Eastern Catholic churches are very Catholic, very united with the Pope, because they literally shed their blood to preserve their unity with the Pope of Rome. Now, that's very Catholic. One of those individuals, an outstanding individual in our particular Byzantine Ruthenian church, is Bishop Theodore Romja, and today is his feast day. He was named blessed recently, in recent years, because he was a martyr under Soviet communism. I'm going to share his story using a wonderful reference that I highly recommend to all of you if you want to learn more about the Eastern churches, any dimension of them. It's called the Byzantine Leaflet Series. The Byzantine Leaflet Series. And you can get these from the Byzantine Seminary Press, along with other things as well. The Byzantine Seminary Press. They're one of these sort of French fold kind of leaflets. It's only what they are. They're leaflets. So they're very manageable. They're not real long, but they're very well done. They're full of the history, the meaning, the customs of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Very, very informative. So I'm going to rely on that source because it's such an excellent source to talk to you about Bishop Theodore Romja. He was born of humble parentage on April 14th in 1911 in the colorful district of Marmarish, Subcarpathian, Ruthenia. Now, that is where the areas that we know today as Ukraine, Western Ukraine, Eastern Slovakia, there's a mountain chain there called the Carpathian Mountains. It's actually the, the foothills of the Tatra Mountains. They're sort of like the lower Tatras. And this is also very relevant that I'm sharing this with you today because we are, of course, in the midst of this horrible, horrible war there between Russia and Ukraine. And this area where Theodore Romja was from is right in that area. He received his secondary education 
in, in the high school. They would call it a gymnasium in Eastern Europe, only it was a high school. And his popularity increased even more when he proved himself as an all-around athlete excelling in soccer. At his graduation, he took everybody by surprise when he announced his intention to become a priest. He was sent to Rome for his priestly formation. By the way, thinking of soccer, in Eastern Europe, especially in recent times, they ordain bishops very early there. In other words, they're very young. And I remember my bishop here in America going to Europe in that area to celebrate the ordination of a new young bishop there. And while he was there, he was surprised to see this new young bishop with his shirt off, bare-chested, playing soccer with the seminarians. So soccer is huge there, even among bishops. And if you're a young bishop, you can still play soccer, so you play it with the seminarians. So it was a really remarkable sight from our for our American bishop. So Bishop Romja lived at the German-Hungarian College in Rome for the first two years, and then in 1932, he moved to the Russian Pontifical Seminary known as the Rusicum in order to prepare himself for missionary work in Soviet Russia. Now, you have to imagine that. Already we're seeing the courage of this bishop. He's going to a place in Rome where they were preparing missionary priests to go into Soviet Russia and minister to people there, try to convert people, try to serve those who are Christian, Catholic, and so on. It was indeed a providential step since in the Rusicum he was expected to study communist atheism and its ideology. Thus, unwittingly, he prepared himself for the Soviet occupation of his native land. He was ordained to the priesthood in Rome on Christmas Day, December 25th, 1936. And listen to this. This is really remarkable. In the summer of the following year, he came home to celebrate his first liturgy with the intention of returning to finish his doctoral dissertation in Rome. But instead of returning to Rome... He was drafted into military service and went to protect his country against the German invasion. To his friend in Rome, he confided, I am going to the front with a deep conviction of doing the will of God. Therefore, I do not fear what will happen to me. That's interesting. He's a priest, and yet he's being conscripted into the military for his little country. That'd be unheard of today. This is how it was then and there at that area. Those were turbulent days in Europe. Even after Father Romja's discharge from the army in August of 1938, the danger of approaching war remained. Remember, 1938 is when Nazi Germany invaded Poland, which began the Second World War. For this reason, Bishop Alexander Stoika did not permit him to leave the country, but appointed him to a forgotten parish of Berezova, Marmaris district. The young priest, Romja, became a poor pastor among those poor people. There were times when he could only afford one meal a day while trying to help his needy parishioners, but he did not complain. On the contrary, he was always ready to help. To his curious friend in Rome, he wrote, I live here as a pauper, yet I feel happy and satisfied. Father Romjo was a good and dedicated priest. He taught his parishioners not only to know their faith, but also to live it. The parishioners once again became proud of their small church. They could never forget him. He was their best pastor ever. In March of 1939, the Hungarians once more occupied some Carpathian Ruthenia by force. See, historically, the Hungarians were a dominant force in that region of Eastern Europe. Bishop Stoika was forced by the Hungarian government to reorganize even the seminary staff. Thus, in the fall of 1939, Father Romja was appointed spiritual director and professor of philosophy at the Eparchial Seminary in Uzhrod. Uzhrod is in southwestern Ukraine. And that is the mother eparchy of my particular church, the Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic Church. Now, one of his students later recalled, Father Omja was strict and demanding as a professor, but as a spiritual director, he was fatherly and kind. He knew how to inspire us and to bring out the best in us, staying in close contact with us. 
He was able to transplant into their hearts the main features of his strong priestly character, his dedication, genuine piety, and generosity of heart. Now, I want to mention something there. We're talking about someone for their virtue of martyrdom. However, what I just read here is also the virtue of something that is gone practically entirely missing in our world today, in our culture, even in the church. Notice what I read here, true fatherliness. It says here that he was strict, demanding, but yet when it came to spiritual direction, he was fatherly and kind. Now that is a model of true fatherhood. Fatherhood is about functioning with both hands, as it were. The hand that kind of encourages, it commends, you know, attaboy, and the hand that also chastises or uses tough love or, or encourages by means of kind of a kick in the butt kind of thing. So fatherhood is made of those two things, not either or, not either or. That's our problem, our culture. We tend to go swing between two poles of either or. But as this Father Romja, eventually Bishop Romja, was able to demonstrate, it's about two hands, both and. The tough side of the father that teaches the child about the tough side of life and toughens them up, but also the very gentle, fatherly part of the father. So now, even at the seminary, Father Romja found some time for pastor work by helping in the neighboring parishes. He enjoyed conducting missions and retreats for young students. Every penny he earned, he generously distributed to the poor. To the mentioned friend in Rome, he wrote, I am living very unpretentiously, and yet my pockets are always empty. But I am not discouraged, since I am working not for the money, but to please God. Bishop Stoica greatly appreciated the dedicated work of Father Romja, and in 1942, obtained for him the papal dignity of Monsignor. But even then, he remained a humble and dedicated priest, inspiring and winning the admiration and respect of all those who met him. On May 31, 1943, during the critical time of the war, Bishop Alexander Stoika suddenly died. In view of the uncertainties of the time, the Holy See appointed Bishop Nicholas Dudish of Hajdudorog as a temporary minister of the Makacho Eparchy. While the Soviet army was rapidly approaching the Carpathian Mountains, the Holy See promptly appointed Monsignor Theodore Romja to succeed Bishop Dudash as the Apostolic Administrator of Makachevo. His Episcopal ordination took place in Ujrod, September 24, 1944. He's a very young bishop, about 35 years old. Imagine that. A month later, the entire territory of the Mukachevo Eparchy was occupied by the Red Army. Now, Mukachevo is the same area as what we heard before, Ujhorod, that's in southwest Ukraine. Bishop Romja was informed that Subcarpathian Ruthenia will again be incorporated into post-war Czechoslovakia as an autonomous province. However, it soon became evident that the Soviets would not relinquish this politically strategic region. Sound familiar? Consequently, on June 29, 1945, Subcarpathian Ruthenia was officially incorporated into the Soviet Ukraine. Thus, the young and inexperienced Bishop Romja found himself and his flock under Soviet atheistic rule. Well, history seems to be repeating itself, doesn't it, with this war in Ukraine, with the Russians taking land that belongs in the Subcarpathian area. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this example of true fatherhood and of martyrdom and of love and commitment, faithfulness to the Pope of Rome. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church. We need your support. 
in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you I'm Loretta Freilich of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal of Chicago and Pentecost Today, and you are listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Praying, it's not about you. And now, a Sheptitsky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. The Ukrainian Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky once wrote, When we pray for our own needs or the needs of those closest to us, we are certainly doing the right thing. But who of us actually realizes how much self-love there can be in these prayers? It may be that for such prayers we deserve the criticism of Jesus Christ, and sinners and publicans do the same. For these also love their children and care about their health and temporal goods. But when in prayer we forget ourselves for at least a moment and worship God for his own sake, a moment like this can be one when God's own spirit prays within our hearts with those inexpressible sighs of which St. Paul says, the spirit himself intercedes for us. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit sheptitskyinstitute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y institute.ca. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyer, your host, and we're talking about the feast day today of a contemporary saint of my particular church, Bishop Theodore Romja. He was a martyr under Soviet communism, and I'm presenting this to you not only because it's his feast day, October 30th, but also because it's very timely. There's a story we're hearing, especially if you're with us in the first half of the program, sounds very familiar, what's happening today with the war between Russia and Ukraine, because Theodore Romja was from that area that we hear about in the news today, or the western part of it, western Ukraine. Now, at the beginning, Bishop Romja tried not to antagonize the Soviet authorities. This was at the beginning of the occupation of the communist Soviets of the Subcarpathian region. And that's the region, again, of the Carpathian Mountains, which is the exact epicenter of Europe between Hungary and Slovakia, where those two countries, Hungary, southern Poland, all converged. Subcarpathia, the Carpathian Mountains. But when the Soviet authorities started to expel the priests from their parishes at random and confiscate the church property, he was forced to protest against such abuses. So here's this young, courageous bishop, only 35 years old, and he's going to stand up against the Soviet Union. The Soviets had a ready answer. 
Since the attitude of the Vatican is hostile toward the Soviet Union, the Soviet government cannot tolerate within its borders the Greek Catholic Church loyal to the Vatican. Therefore, there is only one solution to you. You must recognize and submit to the jurisdiction of the Patriarch of Moscow. That would be the Orthodox Patriarch. Bishop Romja immediately replied, I will rather die than betray my church. This signaled the open persecution of the Greek Catholic Church in Subcarpathia. Now, this term Greek Catholic is today referred to as the Byzantine Catholic Church. It was named Greek Catholic because these Eastern Catholics, these Byzantine Catholics, were in the area that also included or was within the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and the Austro-Hungarian Empire was very Roman Catholic, very Latin Rite. And the Empress at the time, Maria Theresa, she found these Byzantine Catholics in her empire to be very fascinating, and she was very kind to them. But since they came from the Greek-speaking churches, she called them the Greek Catholics. Well, since then, we changed it to Byzantine Catholics because the Greek is kind of confusing. People think that we're Greek. We're not Greek. We inherited our faith from the Greek-speaking Byzantine missionaries. But in our case, we are of Slavic origin. In the fall of 1945, Patriarch Alexis of Moscow appointed Bishop Nestor Sudoruk of Umani to head the Orthodox Eparchy of Mokachevo. Nestor was hailed by the Soviet press as the only legally appointed bishop and received full support from Soviet authorities. Intimidation, violent removal, and imprisonment of leading Greek Catholic priests and faithful followed. It became clear that Bishop Nestor was appointed to liquidate the Greek Catholic Eparchy of Mokachevo. And that's what happened. The communists just came in and said that my church, our Byzantine Ruthenian church in that region, was illegal. You're done. Imagine that. Took the lands, destroyed churches, put the bishops, priests in prison. Imagine. Bishop Romja decided to fight. As the good shepherd, he was ready to lay down his life for his sheep. Although the Soviet authorities confiscated his car, he traveled long distance by horse and buggy just to reassure his faithful and to encourage them to persevere until death, saying... They are taking from us our own priests and churches, but they will never be able to take away our faith from us. During his extensive visitations, Bishop Romja tried to sustain the faith of the weak, to reassure the wavering, and to plead with those intimidated. Faith is our greatest treasure on earth, he said. To preserve our faith, we must even be ready to lay down our life. If we must die, let us die as true martyrs, defending our faith. One thing is sure, that we will never abandon our faith nor betray our church. How's that for loyalty to the Catholic Church by a bishop? The faithful supported by dedicated clergy responded enthusiastically. They stood behind their fearless shepherd. Even some Orthodox parishes, seeing the violence and injustice perpetuated by the Soviets, asked Bishop Romja to accept them back into the Catholic fold. During these days of violence and open persecution, Bishop Romja offered his prayers and sufferings for the perseverance of his clergy and the faithful. He was sustained by his unshakable confidence in God's providence and down deep, in his courageous heart, he vividly felt the protection of the Blessed Mother. There was no power that could shake up his loyalty to the Holy See. In his mind, there was only one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church established by our Lord in the Rock of Peter and headed by his vicar on earth, the Pope of Rome. For this truth, Bishop Romja was ready to sacrifice his life. The Soviets were unable to intimidate Bishop Romja. Boy, what a guy, huh? What a leader. We can really use that today. Therefore, they decided to liquidate him. First, they staged a highway accident. 
the horse-drawn carriage in which Bishop was returning home from the rededication of the church in Lavki near Makachevo was rammed by a military truck. Bishop Romja was badly injured, but he survived the attempted murder. The passers-by took him to the hospital in Kachevo. In a few days, he began to regain his strength. Then suddenly, early in the morning of November 1st, 1947, he was found dead. The night before Bishop Romja's death, the director of the hospital and a strange nurse who promptly disappeared the next day, were seen entering Bishop's room about midnight. They poisoned him. The Soviet authorities announced that Bishop Romja died from injuries suffered in his highway accident, but the people knew better. They knew that their intrepid shepherd was mercilessly killed for refusing to join the Orthodox Church and to split with the Pope of Rome. By his dedicated life, Bishop Romja highly glorified God on earth, and by his heroic death, he gave living testimony to his Catholic faith, achieving the crown of martyrs. In him, we and our Byzantine rite gained a powerful protector in heaven. Let us then resolve to pray for his speedy beatification, which the prayers worked. He did get a speedy beatification. But not only Bishop Romja, there were other bishops and priests as well. Some of the bishops were Basil Hopko and Paul Goidich, also Bishop Chura. And there were many from the Ukrainian church as well, priests and laity, but especially the bishops, who stood up as models for their flock against this atheistic communism. I want to go back to the actual incident of his martyrdom. It first started out by being run over by a Soviet truck. He was just in a horse and buggy because, of course, they took away his car. And he was warned. The word on the street was that he was being targeted by the Soviets, which he probably knew all along once he started to stand up to them. But he was warned not to go to this church. But he went anyway. He went and he was courageously in defiance of any kind of fear. Nothing was going to keep him from performing his ministry as, as a bishop in his love and care for his people, his flock. When the truck came, it hit his horse and buggy, and he went flying. There was another priest with him. His name was Father Baczynski. And I am proud and humbled to say that Father Baczynski was actually my great uncle. He was my grandmother's brother. And what happened was the Soviets who rammed this carriage, they thought that my great uncle was Bishop Theodore Romja, and they began to beat him. Well, they thought they both were dead, not knowing that they were beating the wrong person. They shouldn't have beaten any of them, but they thought he was the bishop. So the two were taken to the hospital, and Bishop Romja, of course, passed away because later on he was poisoned. The person who came in was actually a fake nurse dressed as a nun. So, of course, she would be welcomed by any supporters of Bishop Romja. They thought that she was just a nice, pious nun nurse attending to him. But she was a Soviet spy dressed up as a nun, and she poisoned him. But my great-uncle survived, Father Baczynski. And that line from my grandmother's side goes all the way back to Bishop Baczynski, who was the bishop during what I referred to earlier, when Empress Maria Theresa named our church in her empire as the Greek Catholic Church. And one of the reasons she was very good to us, because she had a very good relationship with my great-great-great-great-great-uncle. I don't know how many greats I have to go back. Anyway, it was in the 18th century, and his name was Bishop Daniel Baczynski, a great bishop of the Byzantine Catholic Church, known at that time as the Greek Catholic Church, a great bishop who had a great relationship with the Empress, who was very, very Catholic. The Austro-Hungarian Empire was a very, very Catholic empire. In fact, it was sort of the child of what was the Holy Roman Empire, going all the way back to Charlemagne in the 9th century. <laughs> 
That was a remnant of the Holy Roman Empire, was the Austro-Hungarian Empire. In fact, the emperor at the time of the First World War, Emperor Charles, is up for canonization because he alone was the only voice that kept persisting and insisting on peace instead of war. The only leader of a nation at that time. All the others were out for blood and victory and they would not stop. And thus, this horrible World War I. Thank you for listening. Please pray to the intercession of Theodore Romja so we will have peace again in that region where he came from, in the region where there is this terrible war between Russia and Ukraine. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Radio is it's training for the troops. It's a interaural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. Dr. Ray Garendi thinks Catholic radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!